0: Passionate about the truth of God's Word, and will tell you like it is, Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey,
1: hey guys, it is your girl, Autumn Miles. I have missed you guys so much. Um, I'm so glad that you have joined me today. We have a lot of stuff to get to today. And I'm so excited uh, to talk to you about the word. We are gonna talk about people's words versus God's words and the pros and cons of that. And um, it's gonna be powerful. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be deep. I think it's gonna help those of you that maybe are struggling with listening too much to people. Uh, But that'll be after the break. I wanted to start straight. Right out the gate talking about black history month i know that this is going to air next week so we are going to be out of black history month i was going to have a guest on last week and um talk about uh just racial equality and and those the, how we can be more unified uh in the church and i couldn't do that because in case you didn't know we had snowpocalypse in dallas last week actually texas the whole state. I actually think people are calling it snowvid, which is uh funny. <laughs> but we were we lost power for 3 days and um it was it was pretty crazy. So we of course had to cancel everything that we were doing last week and include um included my guest who is amazing. He is going to come on next week. But um, I do want to highlight it and I want to talk about it because it is a very big deal in my family. As you know, we're a transracial family and, um, you know, we have four of us are white and then, of course, Moses and Haven um, are black. And so we have great respect. I would say I have always had a great respect For um, all races in the entire world, I love diversity. It's, I think it is, God loves diversity. Uh, But I've always loved it from a young age. I've always loved people that look different from me. I've always loved people that, you know, talk different from me, that are from different places than I am. I, I love diversity, it is the most beautiful gift that God has given humanity. But I think we need to talk about, you know, some of the greats. I, I, one of the things that we incorporate in my transracial family is we are making sure that we diversify who, who we talk about on a regular basis. This is important. And I know a lot of people that listen to the show are from a transracial family or they've adopted or, you know, something like that. So maybe this will help you. There are several things that we like to hit on on a regular basis with our entire family. This is not just for my Black kids, okay? This is for my entire family. We talk about people that we respect, people that we look up to in our daily life very regularly, and we make sure that we cover all different kinds of races, all different kinds of people. And I just think it's really important. We have a month to talk about uh, Black history uh, that's been set aside for that. But as you are talking to your kids, maybe you have an all-white family. Um, Maybe you have an all-Black family. Maybe you have an all-Asian family. Whatever your family looks like, it is so incredibly important that we um look and respect people from all walks of life and all different races and we one of one of my f- most favorites and has been for a very long time since I ever was introduced to her in history class is Harriet Tubman and we have um talked about her so much in my family uh, just because she was such a woman of faith She was such a woman of courage. You know, when you think of um, uh, Joshua and uh, the first chapter of Joshua, when you think of what Joshua says, be strong and courageous that i mean harriet Tubman, she she literally personified that passage she was strong she was courageous um she helped so many uh slaves come to find freedom and um i she has always been one of my favorites of course martin dr martin luther king jr um he has really revolutionized my faith i have read i have read his uh books I have listened to his teachings. I have um, really come to love him even before we were a transracial family. I'm just, I'm in awe of him. And um, Rosa Parks is another one. I love that she was so incredibly bold. So um, as we talk about heroes in our family, we always make sure that we are inclusive with all the different races and especially this month with Black History Month. Moses and Haven are learning as well as uh, Grace and Jude um just amazing things about humanity and i just wanted to kind of tip my hat to black history month this month because we weren't able to have our guest on um last week i want to go ahead and slide into my monologue and i want to talk about uh something that happened last night which is actually hilarious okay i have um i have two sons you guys hear about moses a lot just because moses is like he's moses he is like 60 pound. He's like a 60 pound firecracker. He's like dynamite. I've never in my life met someone that just has so much energy and um, so much just vitality. And I mean, the, the kid I have to every day, I hug him for 60 seconds because he will not sit still for longer than that. He is just so full of energy. And then I have Haven, who's so full of dramatic emotional energy and then I have Grace who is very like personality plus kind of you know really loud just like her mom but then I have my son Jude and Jude is kind of the perfect mix of our entire family so a lot of times he slides under the radar now at home he is the him and Haven I would say that both of them are our resident comedians I laugh 24-7 at my son, Jude, and some of the things that uh, he does, uh, little dances he does and stuff like that, he would kill me if I told you about them. Uh, But he is a hilarious guy. He is just witty. Like, he doesn't try to be funny. He's just really, really funny, like what he does. I I mean, I could look at him and start laughing. But a lot of times, he slides under the radar because he's a mix of everyone. He kind of has what everyone else has in the family but he's not he's not dominant dominant in um emotional drama he's not he's not super over the top physically hyper um he just kind of flies into the radar but last night he did something that i'm still laughing about today so i walk in the kitchen and my daughter grace this is this is the scene let me set the scene for you i walk in the kitchen and my daughter grace is sitting at the bar, uh, we have this, you know, one of those island bar deals and she's sitting there and she's eating, um, you know, and she's emotional. We'll say that she's emotional. And I see my husband, Eddie, who is sitting like, you can tell that they were involved in a very serious conversation. And I'm I'm kind of trying to uh, sniff out the temperature of the room. And then there's Jude, who is also in the room, who's in the corner, and he's got a plastic bowl of cantaloupe. (laughs) And he's just one by one, very calmly eating his cantaloupe. Grace is a little bit hysterical. She's, She's dealing with a crisis, okay? Eddie is trying to console her, and I walk in the room, and I'm like, what is happening in here? And you know, my husband says this line and he says it all the time. He's like, you need to talk to your daughter. And I'm like, okay, great. So awesome. So you're passing this one off to me. You know, it's the parent baton pass, talk to your daughter. So I go in and I'm talking to Grace and she's emotional and she's upset about something that happened in the day. And I'm trying to understand why she is so upset about this particular thing. To me, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Um, but she is trying to convince me, mom, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. So as a mom, you know, I'm trying to get down on her level and, and listen and understand. And um, I'm telling her, you know, I think it's okay. I think, I think maybe we're blowing this out of proportion a little bit too much. And um, the room goes silent. And all we hear in the corner is my son, who cannot chew with his mouth closed to save his life. And he looked at Grace, and um, he said, "Sometimes you just need to eat some cantaloupe." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still funny to me. Uh, anyways, so he's he continues to eat his cantaloupe, and I bust up. La- we all start laughing because in 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 this weird moment it was actually wisdom (laughs) you know jude says this kind of stuff and i laugh about it for like 12 hours um but he says these little tiny things that don't don't seem like they're a big deal but there is there's an element of wisdom to them you know if 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 i were to tell you what happened with grace which i won't because i want her to maintain her dignity but um, what she was talking about, she had actually kind of blown up in her mind. And don't we all do that? You know, we go through something in our life and we just kind of blow it up. and we make this smaller thing a huge deal. we We think about it. It turns in our mind. And a couple hours later, once it's been churning in our mind for a whole day or maybe a whole week or maybe a whole uh, month or maybe ten years, we have made something that actually originally was was not that big of a deal, a thing, like a major thing, like a mountain in our lives. And that's kind of what Grace had done. And when Jude spoke up and he said, sometimes you just need to eat some cantaloupe, <laughs> I thought it was the perfect word in season for her. Because what we really need to do is um, just right now, I want you to think of something that you've just blown out of proportion in your mind. How about we retrace our steps to where that thing started and ask yourself, is this really a big deal? Do I need to take a moment, (laughs) maybe eat some cantaloupe, (laughs) take a breather and really evaluate do I need to make this thing such a big deal? And then if it's not a big deal, change the way you're thinking it's amazing. After Jude said that last night, sometimes you need to eat some cantaloupe. I thought you're right, son. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) And it put everything in perspective. She started laughing and it was great. So um, that is my word from my family today. I will see you right after the break with the word of the Lord.
0: We'll be back
2: with more from Autumn right after this. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God, with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's (laughs) autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook,
0: Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now, back to the Autumn Miles show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Okie dokie, guys. We are back from the break. I love it, you guys, so much. Don't forget to eat your cantaloupe this week and just chill out. Just relax, okay? Um, I am... Oh, I love this. I love what I'm getting ready to tell you guys. Ready? You guys ready for this? Okay. Um, I actually wrote about this in my book, Gangster Prayer, and it. We had such a resounding uh, reaction from uh, this particular chapter that I kind of pieced it together and, and wanted to put it in a podcast for you guys today. I want to say this: the words of man will weaken you. Okay. The words of man will weaken you. They can weaken you. Now, uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. I understand that people have the power to give life. I know all of those verses. Okay. But the words of man are not created to do what the word of the Lord is created to do. Okay. So the words of man can, and a lot of times will weaken you. The word of God will strengthen you. And I'm going to give you a really, really <laughs> long example as to why uh, we are letting way, 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 way too many things in our brains today. Way too many. I mean, it, it's unbelievable the different things that we are letting consume us. Okay, we have got your social. All of your, you people don't just have one social media. They've got Instagram. They've got this TikTok thing that my kids are obsessed with. Uh, they've got uh, Facebook. They've got um, <laughs> Twitter. I'm running out of them. I'm sure there is a lot more of them, but um Snapchat. Yeah, that's the one Cassie always uses. There are so many different streams of people to talk at you. And at will, you can scroll through all of these different apps and you can be told what to think or be told how to feel or you can read what someone is thinking. And what we don't understand is that is not strengthening us. That's a lot of words of man that we're letting in our minds 24-7, and it's not doing anything for us, okay? Uh, Let's take the flip side here. There is a word of God where we can open up the pages of scripture, and in one verse, in one line, sometimes one word, it will rejuvenate us and revitalize us. The words of man are so futile. They're passing. They're fickle. Um, you know, people change opinion, you know, just, just with someone else's new opinion uh, right now. They change opinion based on the weather. It's ridiculous. People turn on a dime on who they support and who they don't, what they support and what they don't. But God's word was not created to affect us the way man's words do. God's word was created to always 100% of the time bring life, 100% of the time bring relief, 100% of the time bring encouragement, to bring strength, to bring boldness into our lives. So my question to you is, who are you listening to? Okay. Who are you letting reside in in the places in your mind that are vulnerable? Whose words are you letting? Because the man's words will weaken it. God's words will strengthen it. I woke up in the middle of the night as I do a lot. I don't know if it's like I'm 40. And so now I don't get a full night's sleep. I don't really know what that's about. A couple of weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I cannot sleep. I'm having this insomnia thing. I don't know what's going on with me. Uh, Maybe I don't need to drink Diet Coke an hour before I go to bed, something like that. I don't know. I wake up and I'm awake so long, and I don't like to do this, that I pick up um, my phone and I'm scrolling through social media, okay, which people are actually on in the middle of the night, which is crazy, but I mean, you know, whatever, so I'm scrolling through, and I, I've the first thing I see, middle of the night, the first thing I see is something horrible. It's like, oh, oh, awesome, some terrible news that'll really help me sleep. And I keep scrolling through because you, you ever fast scroll? You're like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to read that. So you like fast scroll, you like turbo scroll. So I start turbo scrolling just to get past that article. And um, there's another one that my eyes lay on that just brings such fear to me. That brings such discomfort to me. And I'm actually mad at the person for posting it because I'm like, why would you do that to people? Like, that's just mean. So I shut social media down really fast. And I'm laying there and I'm like, I I was mad at myself. I cannot believe in the middle of the night, I would pick up something that was so risky as to see what a human was thinking. I I I was just mad at myself. And about that time the Lord said, you need to listen to me. And the Spirit of God started speaking to me and really reversed and transformed what I was thinking. And that is what inspired me to talk about uh, this today. I want you guys to go to Genesis 32. Um, Genesis 32. Now, now Jacob and Esau... (laughs) (laughs) Jacob and Esau are some very incredible brothers that actually have really had a tumultuous relationship. I'm not going to talk about everything because I don't have the time, but Jacob, Esau was the firstborn, Jacob was the secondborn, um, and Jacob stole Esau's birthright. Because there was uh, back in that time frame, the firstborn got um, a birthright. Okay, um, and and Jacob kind of you know put hair on his back and all this kind of stuff and dressed himself like Esau because their father was blind, uh, going blind, and um, tricked his father into giving him the blessing. Okay, Jacob, who stole the blessing, really made Esau, who was owed the blessing very mad. Esau wanted to kill Jacob, okay? Esau said, I am going to kill you. The next time I see you, I am going to kill you. That's what he said to Jacob about Jacob. So Jacob, because he really made Esau really mad, flees. He leaves his family. He leaves and he goes away. Uh, His mom actually sends him away for his life to preserve his life because his mom really believes that Esau is in fact going to kill his younger brother, Jacob. Years pass. Years, a lot of years. Okay. It's amazing how years will just chill you out. Okay. Um, Years pass. And that's where we're going to pick up the story. The last thing Jacob heard about Esau was that Esau is going to kill me. That's the last thing he heard. So that's the last thing he knew about his brother Esau. He was living under the same threat that was given years ago. Okay? That's what we're going to pick it up. Verse 30, uh, Genesis 32. Now, as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him, Jacob. Jacob said when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named that place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He also commanded them, saying, Thus you shall say to my Lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male and female servants I have sent to tell my Lord that I might find favor in your sight. Now, this is, let me, I, I forgot to tell you guys this. God was calling Jacob back home, and Esau was still there. So in order to sort of prepare the way for Jacob to come, he sent messengers ahead of himself to Jacob, uh, to Esau, to tell Esau, listen, I'm coming back, kind of to prime the pump, to see if he still wanted him dead, to see if he was still going to face that threat that he had been living under for so long, because God was calling uh, Jacob back home, okay? Okay. The messengers returned after visiting Esau. They went to Esau. They tried to prime the pump. They gave him some donkeys, some little lambs, some little sheep, a little, little present to see if that would soften Esau's heart. The messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau. Furthermore, he is coming to meet you and four hundred Men are with him. So Jacob is already freaked out that Esau's going to murder him. He sends these messengers, hopefully to soften the heart, just to kind of to, to see what's going on in Esau's mind. And the messengers return and they say, oh, we went to see Esau, all right? And he's coming to meet you. And he's not just coming alone. He's not coming with any sheep or donkeys. He's coming with 400 men. The next verse says this. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. I don't know why this pastor scripture is not preached more. I think it's a, it's a perfect um, example of what's happening now. These messengers that came back, they did meet with Esau. They did get half of the truth. So what they relayed to Jacob was, yes, he's coming and he's bringing a small army with him. Jacob freaked out because it sounded as if Esau was coming to fulfill his promise from years ago, which was, I'm going to kill you for stealing my birthright. It sounded as if there was a deep threat. It sounded as if it was, there was no hope for Jacob. Now, Jacob at this time had wives and he had like a lot of kids. And I mean, life had happened. Okay, He he had definitely, uh, God had been good to him and he'd been very successful in his life. So because he was so afraid of that report from those messengers, he started dividing up his family. Verse 7 says this, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people who were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. For he said this, If Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, the company which is left will escape. He, He is so afraid because of the report from people he is so desperately afraid that he takes everyone that's with him his fox his wives his kids his donkeys his lambs and he divides them into camps and he tells them if esau comes and wages war against us i'm going to separate you because if he kills one of you then the other camp will survive that is what the words of people did to him. I'm going to pick that up in just a second. He goes on, verse 9. Jacob then cries out to the Lord, and he says, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who is with me, who said to me, return to your country and to your relatives, and I will prosper you. This is what had happened earlier in the chapter that I just said that I forgot. God had told him, I want you to go back to your relatives. I want you to go back to your family. I'm about to prosper you. Verse 10, I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and all the faithfulness which you have shown your servant for with my, for with my staff only, I crossed this Jordan and now I've become two companies. He goes on, deliver me. I pray from the hand of my brother and from the hand of Esau. For I fear him that he will come and attack me and my mothers of my children. For you said, Lord, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be number. So he spent the night there. And this is where we get the story. Um, Jacob wrestled with God. So he separates his, his, uh, his family and then he turns to the Lord. And he starts reminding the Lord of what the Lord had told him. You said, you said for me to come back. You said for me to do this. You said, Lord, that you were going to prosper me. You said, you said that you were going to make my descendants as the sand of the sea, which is great. That's what you said, what you said. Then, of course, the angel of the Lord uh, shows up on the scene They wrestle it out. The angel of the Lord touches his hip as dawn is breaking. And just about as dawn is breaking, Esau shows up with his 400 men. And it was nothing like the messengers said. Esau showed up with 400 men not to kill Jacob but to welcome him home. If this is not a story, I'll read it to you because I want you you to hear it. I want you to hear it from the word, not my mouth. 33, uh, chapter 33 says this, 33 one. Then Jacob lifted his eyes and looked and behold, Esau was coming and 400 men with them. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel and two maids. He put maids, and their children in front and Leah and her children next and Rachel and Joseph last. But he himself passed ahead of them and bowed down to the ground seven times until his brother came near. Verse four, then Esau, Esau, the guy who said, I'm going to kill you. That is the threat that Jacob had been living under forever. Then Esau ran to meet Him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. And this is the point of what I want to get to you through to you guys today. These messengers that came back and talked to Jacob, they only told him the half truth, it was truth. But they only told him the half truth. And the half truth sent fear and terror so much through Jacob that he assumed that one of his, the two camps would be dead. The words of man, not knowing the full truth, weakened Jacob almost to a debilitating level. The word of God which he immediately went to after he divided the camps, strengthened Jacob. I am unworthy of all this loving kindness. For you said, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be numbered. So he spent the night there. The words of man, they're not going to get it right. They're going to leave out the full truth. They're going to tell you things with the spin on it that can debilitate you and weaken you. That is why it is so incredibly important that we cling to the full truth of the word of God and remind ourselves the promises that God has made to us. Remind ourselves the truth, the total truth of God's word, because it is the truth of God's word that will 100% of the time strengthen us. Do you see the difference there? God is never going to tell you a half truth. He will tell you the total truth. He is truth. The way, the truth, and the life. The faithful and true is what he calls himself in Revelation. He is total truth man only give us half the story because they don't know. As we navigate the super weird season of life on planet Earth, I want you to watch the messengers that have your ear. Because most of the time, albeit 100% of the time, they do not have the perspective of heaven. And a lot of times they're half-truths Maybe they're well-intentioned. I'm I'm sure these messengers were trying to inform Jacob, but they didn't get the heart behind Esau. They didn't know that he was gathering the 400 men to literally come and to celebrate the return of Jacob. They didn't know that that was his motivation and they left that part out and because of it, it weakened him. But God's word and his promises will 100% of the time strengthen you and allow you, to face your fear like jacob faced esau that day he had no idea that all those years god had softened esau's heart and made it pliable and beautiful and forgiving so watch who you listen to i hope this encouraged you today to me i felt like that was good i felt the lord on that I love y'all. I'll see you after the break for a question from one of you.
2: Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now, back to the
0: Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Okay. back guys. We're back from the break. I got a question from Heather. Hello, Heather. Love you so much. Question is this. What if God didn't necessarily promise me something, but I've been praying about a specific thing for a long time with seemingly no answer at all? No, yes or no. How do I know whether to continue praying or to let it go? Listen, here's the deal. God does have promises in his word that he promises everybody. Okay. There are universal promises from his word. If it's incredibly specific and there is not a verse to back up the promise that you are praying through, I would ask, and I I feel like I've talked about this so much in this question section um, on the podcast. Uh, I do a thing called scriptural confirmation where I ask God I ask God, this is a question for God, Heather. This is not a question for me, although I would love to be smart enough to answer it for you. <laughs> this is a question for God. Um, I would pray, I would alter your prayer maybe a little bit. And I've done this a bazillion times in my own life. God, is this something you have for me? Rather than give me this, give me this, give me this promise, give me this thing. I want this, give me this. Let's ask God. God. Is this something you have for me? And then ask him to confirm yes or no via his word. God is the only one that can answer that question for you. And his word is complex enough. It is complete enough. It is personal enough. It is living and it is active enough to answer maybe a different question for you, which is God, is this what you have for me or not? Um, sometimes we can get, we. you're right, Heather, we can spend years, decades, decades praying for something. And then we get mad at God because he didn't answer the prayer request when we should have just altered our prayer a little bit and said, God, I've been praying about this for a while. Is this what you have for me? Or is this just something that I would like to have? Because let me tell you something. God knows sometimes if he gives us what we ask for, some of those things that we ask for would actually ruin us. Um, And we don't realize that. So it's in his love sometimes that he says no or yes, depending on the answer. Heather, I hope that helped. I love you guys. I will see you next week right back here on the Autumn Wild Show.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.